Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. As you probably figured out, my name is Simon Miller, and you are about to get a fistful of wrestling thrown right into your mug, courtesy of me, Simon Miller. That's what, 15 seconds in, and I've said my name twice, even more so if we include the intro. But thank you very much for downloading this. Thank you very much for letting my stupid voice, oh, excuse me, into your life. And yeah, we're going to go through everything that's been going on in the world of wrestling the last week. It's very exciting because WWE Fastlane is this Sunday. I know everybody is pumped for WWE Fastlane. So we're going to do the predictions for that. Uh, before we get into WWE stuff, though, uh, I, I've got a couple of plugs for my other stuff that I want to put out there, which I know nobody likes at the start of podcast, but hey, everybody else does it. Austin does it. Jericho does it. Jim Ross does it. So I feel like I can do it, too. Uh, so I would like to uh, let you know that me and a good friend of mine called John Denton have started a music reaction channel. I know a lot of people roll their eyes at that kind of stuff, but I would implore you to check it out because hopefully you can see we're not doing it like most YouTube reaction people do it. We both just love music and we thought what a great way to you know hear music together just by sitting there listening and reacting. We think there's a real um, magic to the formula when done right, not these stupid reactions you see. Uh, the channel's called Rock Reacts. At the moment, it hasn't embedded into YouTube. So if you search that on Google, uh, on YouTube, you're just going to find a load of videos of The Rock reacting to things. Um, but seek it out anyway. If you type in like Rock Reacts, Master of Puppets, because uh, we reacted to that, and I'm sure you can find it. If not, just go on my Twitter at Simon316, and you'll see some tweets for it too. But I'd be more than grateful if you could, um, if you could sub to that. I had something else to plug as well, and now I've forgotten. So don't worry about it. It can't be that important. Of course, all of this is made uh, possible thanks to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Thank you to everyone who, uh, even threw a dollar in the hat over the last week, it all helps and it all goes towards the running costs and everything for this and letting me live. Because obviously being alive is really important if you want to do podcasts. Uh, if you are if you prefer to watch the podcast on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Miller Report Rules. Other crazy videos on there too. Just basically my mind thrown out into the world. And join the Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just search for that. Yeah, so before we get to WWE stuff, obviously uh, the All is it the All-State Arena that the All-In show got announced? I've said that, and now I've got to check it out. What what an idiot I am. I I, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. And as soon as I've said it, I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. It's definitely in Chicago. I believe it is called... Um, uh, the, it's the sorry, the Sears Center. What am I talking about? It's the Sears Center in Chicago. Holds about 11,000 people. It's all happening on September. It's very exciting, I think. And I think genuinely, if this goes well... It could very well change wrestling, which I know probably sounds a little bit over the top. But I do think it's true in the sense that there's a lot of buzz behind it. No matter how many seats they sell, uh, you know, how many people they get in the building, they'll definitely make money, be it through merchandise or just, you know, through the sheer buzz of the whole thing. And imagine they do sell 10,000 seats to an indie event. I mean, that, you know, Raw doesn't do that some weeks. So I do think it's very exciting. I'm very excited to see what they do. I think this is kind of like the zenith of proving that Cody Rhodes leaving WWE was 100% the right thing to do. He feels like one of the, you know, regardless of what you think about his matches, he's still a very good wrestler, but in terms of his persona and what he's been able to become outside of the walls of WWE, he's now like this really important guy within the wrestling world. Same with the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull and all those, you know, all those faces, but I think he's really impressive and I, I can't wait to see what, you know, what they can do. 
because it is in Chicago, so maybe CM Punk is on that show. There's no reason why he wouldn't. Apparently, he's going to fight in the UFC in July or June or wherever the UFC is going to Chicago. So why not? Why the hell not would you not try and get CM Punk on that show? I'm sure he's worth it. I'm sure... You know, he would bring people to the building, even if you wanted to do it as a surprise, which would be crazy, because obviously you want to promote him beforehand to make sure uh, you get people interested. But if it was a surprise and you want to sell that on DVD or whatever, I don't know. I mean, actually, it would be crazy not to not to advertise it. But you take my point. Either way, there's so much credence for having CM Punk involved with an indie show or any kind of wrestling show that it would do wonderfully well. And by then, yeah, who knows what's going on with Daniel Bryan. I mean, he could tie into it too. You just never know. But I think it's very exciting. I think the way they've announced it all through the Being the Elite series on YouTube, which is very well done, uh, goes to show the Young Bucks are ahead on the curve in terms of how to use YouTube and technology and all that stuff. And all in all, I just think it's wonderful. It's a wonderful time to be a wrestling fan. Because even if you're not into WWE, you know, New Japan is thriving. The indie scene is thriving. We're going to have this huge show in September. The British scene continues to get bigger and bigger. So all in all, I just think we should be very excited, is, 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 my, point. is, is my point with all of that. Uh, also got announced that Hillbilly Jim is going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it depends on your take on the WWE Hall of Fame. It, it, to me, it is more of a, you know, a promotional thing than anything else however it's still a nice honor i'm sure the people that get inducted do enjoy the pat on the back and having their five minutes of fame so yeah i got no problem with that i never really care who goes in to any hall of fame really because good for them why would i be mad i got life's too short to be mad about people going into either hall of fame be it wrestling observer wwe whatever good for them they worked hard and if they can get a little pat on the back then i'm sure they all i'm sure they all appreciate it uh, also, I understand that you know for two weeks now we've been saying we're going to do a Q and A episode. We are going to do a Q and A episode, but we will. Um, uh, I'm going to answer a lot of questions at the end of this, and then we'll do another one on Friday, and then we'll get into into the swing of things. Again, patrons, you know the deal. Patreon.com for summer three sixteen. If you really would like to know, but that's neither here nor there for now. Right, let's get into WWE like we always do. It is WWE Fastlane this week, so let me try and run down SmackDown and predict Fastlane at the same time, if I can. Um, I mean, the worst part of SmackDown for me, anyway, was the setup for the Becky Lunch and Naomi. Becky Lunch, that's because my damn autocorrect changed. This week, as you can see on my SmackDown ups and downs on what culture, if you head over there now, my autocorrect updated Becky Lynch and Naomi to Becky Lunch and Napkin. <laughs> Lunch and napkin, let's just call them that. So lunch and napkin are going against Natalia and Carmella. And this was basically set up because Becky Lunch and Carmella had a match on SmackDown. Lunch won with the disarmer. And then we cut backstage and Naomi and Natalia were arguing about who had more friends. And that, for some reason, led to a tag team match. Now, I, don't know, I, sh I assume we have a pre-show for Fastlane. I don't actually know. And I assume this will be going on it. But it's one of those moments where I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's not a big deal. But if we had just, you know, put a bit of foresight into this and come up, we could have had a story, we could have built into it for a few weeks, but instead, you know, five days before the pay-per-view or whatever it is, we just go, ah, this will do. We need to get these people on the show. They just have an argument about friends. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? There's a crazy way to, to come up with a match. And how anyone can care about that, I don't know, because I just don't like matches existing for the, for the sake of existing. Like, it's nice that they're on the show, I'm sure they'd rather be on the show, but at the same time, I don't like it when things feel rushed and pointless, because then, to me, the fan, it comes across as rushed and pointless, so I'm like, well, I don't need to watch this, because you've basically already told me that you don't care, so why on earth would I care? So that was very strange. I mean, that's literally all that happened between those four 
uh, on SmackDown. It was just, I mean, it was surreal. It was, it was surreal to say the least. But you know, I guess. I mean, the good thing was transitioning into. Um, actually, no, I got to predict that first, don't I? Oof, I don't know. I mean, does it even matter? I mean, I'll say that Becky Lynch and Naomi win simply because. I don't know because it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. But I'll go Becky Lynch. Um, yeah, Becky Lynch and Naomi win. Because I guess... I don't know, because coming out the back of it, as we'll get to in a second, I don't think any of them are going after uh, the Women's SmackDown title. So it's not like that's building to that. So I don't know. But we'll say Becky Lynch and Napkin. Because, yeah, you know, why? Why not? Meh. Shrug my shoulders. But yeah, tying into the, the other women's stuff on SmackDown, Charlotte versus... Um, Ruby Wright. Now, this was slightly better. I still think they left it too late to actually try and inject some story into it. But we did have a, um, you know, the kickoff of SmackDown was indeed uh, Charlotte and Ruby Wright coming out. And basically, the reason they hate each other is Ruby Wright believes that Charlotte's had it easy because of her pedigree and who her dad was. And Charlotte argues, well, that's not the case. Because of all that, you know, I've had to work harder. Then Ruby Wright said something daft. Like she actually put together the Riot Squad to take down this myth around Charlotte Flair. And I'm like, that's 100% not true. You've been here a while now and you've never mentioned that once. So, <laughs> so don't even pretend that that, is, you know, that that is the case. But, you know, whatever, I guess, is all, all I've got to say to that. The good thing is, at least now, that they have some form of um, yeah, storyline to, to, to wrap around everything. And that is good. That is important. Uh, I imagine, well, no, in fact, I, there's not even a doubt in my mind. Charlotte will 100% win that. There is no there is no two ways about it that she won't win that match. Because I totally believe, and we'll get to this you know, in a bit too, that the idea going forward is to move Oscar over to SmackDown, have her probably defeat Charlotte for the title, and then potentially go on a 12-month, or continue her undefeated streak for another 12 months, which then you know, culminates with Ronda Rousey versus Oscar at WrestleMania 35, maybe even headlines the damn thing, and Ronda Rousey beats her. Now, and a lot of people will be like, no, no, it can't be Ronda Rousey beating... But, look, WWE is about mainstream attention. That will get mainstream attention. So that's what I think is going to happen. At the pay-per-view, though, yes, I do believe Charlotte will beat Ruby Riot. If Ruby Riot wins this at Fastlane and wins the title, so not by DQ, if Ruby Riot wins the title at Fastlane... I mean this, I will, I'm not going to say eat my hacks, I wouldn't actually do that. What is something I would do? I will, what can I do? I can host a video doing something dumb. I will, I don't know, you send me, send me, send me, right, send me suggestions before Sunday on my Twitter, at Simonler316, send me a message, and something, I mean, don't make it ridiculous, like, again, present a video naked, this, this, I'm never going to do it, I'm never, ever going to, <laughs> never going to fulfill that, so it's pointless. However, if you can come up with a, uh, it's pointless anyway, because Ruby Wright's not going to win. But if you do want to enter this bizarre game I've just made up, tweet me. And if there is a suggestion that is, you know, both audacious, and I do, and I have very little shame, don't forget, I will do it if she wins. She's not going to win, though, so it's a big waste of time. Also got the Usos versus the New Day. Didn't do much on SmackDown. We basically just built up using a promo package, but it was fine. I guess their big blow-off was last week, and what they did last week was very good. So I got real no problems with that. In terms of who wins that... I don't know, because it seems unfair to take the belts off the Usos at this stage. I think they deserve to go into WrestleMania 34 with a proper one-on-one -on -one match, or two-on-two -two match. But I guess that would be against the New Day, unless we're going to continue that here. And if you, you could kind of argue, well, the New Day winning here would actually then justify that at WrestleMania. 
And I can't, I mean, I guess the Bludgeon Brothers have got to get involved as well. No, I would say the Usos will retain here and then somehow we'll get to the Usos versus the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers at WrestleMania. Which would make sense. I mean, I don't mind that the New Day keep coming back and stuff. And then I imagine the Bludgeon Brothers would win that as well. I mean, it's probably the best way to do it. I think it'll be a good match, though. I think whatever, I mean, unless the Bludgeon Brothers do get involved here, which I'd still be all right with, I imagine everything up to, um, everything up to, you know, this point, uh, sorry, sorry, everything up to this point has been good, and the match itself will be decent as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that, although we are, we are in the desperate need of tag teams. So we'll have to sort that out soon, as we've seen on Raw. Maybe we don't even care about tag teams. Well, I'll go for the Usos in that, not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, that's my gut. Now, another match that got announced on SmackDown, and I did like the segment, I just hate the idea behind it. So, uh, Nakamura's backstage, and he's saying that he wants AJ Styles to win on Sunday, because he wants his big one-on-one match at WrestleMania 34, which we all want. Obviously, John Cena was going on about the triple threat, potentially. And then Aiden English and Rusev turn up, as they would do. English can't talk or sing, because last week Nakamura need him in the jaw, the jaw in the, in the neck or whatever. And Rusev's mad about this. So he challenges Nakamura to a match at Fastlane. Nakamura accepts. He does some singing. So it's going to be Nakamura Day. It was all very funny. And then Rusev is utterly perplexed that somebody can make up their own holiday. Ha ha, funny, funny. It was a really good segment. Obviously, everything Rusev does turns to gold. But I just find it crazy that now Nakamura, Nakamura is going to win that match at Fastlane. Because of course he is. You would not have him lose you know, at that point four or five weeks before WrestleMania. That would be crazy booking. But then you've got Rusev, who right now has all the momentum in the world is an up-and-coming potential babyface, and sometimes this isn't on SmackDown, or here is now basically being put in a position where he's born to lose. And surely if WWE has two prospects like this that the fans want to get behind, we should keep them separate and not throw them into throwaway matches, which is what we've done here. And that's why I don't, I don't understand the point of it. I don't understand the logic, who came up with this idea. And I get it, you want to get them on the card, fine. But come up with anything. Put Nakamura against... I don't know, Kurt Hawkins, he's on Raw now. But you take my point, just put him in a match. Let him squash someone. What better way to build him up than having him squash someone? Just have Rusev do a promo segment if you've got nothing else. But make sure he's on the show. So I don't understand. I just don't think WWE really cares about Rusev. Or they think, well, we don't have to do much because he's already super over. So what difference does it make? And yeah, that's true. But it won't be true for long. You have to, you know, jump on the gun or whatever. Jump on the you know, the bandwagon when you see it coming into town. Otherwise, eventually, the bandwagon leaves. So I, I, I'm, perplexed, I'm perplexed by that. So, you know, any, uh, any ideas that, you know, if anyone can tell me why on earth they've done this, please do, because I, I, don't, I don't have a clue. But maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm actually the only person that likes Rusev, and no one else, no one else gives a damn. Uh, US title stuff continue to tick over as well. Um, it was weird because the Charlotte segment I talked about earlier ended when Bobby Roode came out to do commentary. But he's also the reason that Charlotte and Ruby Wright didn't have a fight because they were distracted by his entrance. That's very weird. Uh, but he came out to do commentary before the um, Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. At one, it's still very basic. At one point, Jinder Mahal threw, uh, sorry, Randy Orton threw Jinder Mahal into Bob Roode, who was on commentary. Bobby Roode got mad. He got on the apron, distracted Randy Orton. Mahal hits the class one, two, three. That's it. So basically, Bobby Roode will win at Fastlane, because Jinder Mahal gets involved, and then we'll build to a triple threat match at WrestleMania, which once again shows that WWE has no new ideas. I'm being well negative today. I don't really care. But I think sometimes you've got to call a spade a spade, where, you know, both the IC title and the US title will be defended in triple threat matches. Because, of course. Because, <laughs> because it's WWE. And, um, you know, that's just... Uh, 
you have to sort of do like for like. It's weird. It's weird when they do that because you think they'd want to come up with something different. And look, it's all right. I'm quite surprised that um, Bobby Roode, uh, Bobby Roode, that Randy Orton is in, not that he's in this match. Because I don't know. I, I thought he'd be in a bigger match this year. Not saying the US title isn't big, but it is. I don't say it's beneath it. I'm just surprised. I'm, I honestly, <clears throat> excuse me. I honestly thought at one point. He would be in the triple... I thought it would be a triple threat match between AJ Styles, Nakamura, and Randy Orton. And, you know, I thought that was okay because I thought some higher-ups in WWE wouldn't see the worth in a one-on-one match between Nakamura and Styles. Now, clearly they do, and that's awesome, and Orton's been put here. And that's fine. I imagine Orton probably wins the US title at WrestleMania too, just doing some super advanced booking because he's never won that title. I think it makes him a Grand Slam champion or something. So, it's fine. I just, I struggle to care, especially because on commentary, Byron Saxton is going on about this stupid SmackDown top 10 list. And you're like, why are we still talking about it? Apparently, Randy Orton's really mad that Bob Roode was on the SmackDown top 10 list, but not him. If that's true, grow up, Randy Orton. Get a real problem. That's not a real problem. That's nonsense. So, that was, I mean, that was borderline preposterous if I'm being completely honest. Something I should have met I didn't mention this on Ups and Downs, and I should have done. Daniel Bryan wasn't on the show this week. So we didn't touch on that angle at all. I mean, clearly they're now just trying to eke it out as much as they can going into WrestleMania. But that uh, that is, is, is madness. Absolute madness to me, because that's the best storyline they've got. Anyway, it does all tie into the five-way that we got at the end of the night. Basically, AJ Styles comes out, cuts a promo, pretty decent promo, says, like Nakamura, he wants a one-on-one match, which is why he'll win at Fastlane to ensure that happens. Uh, Dolph Ziggler comes out. They yell at each other for a bit. Ziggler's now a heel for no reason. <laughs> and um, and they have a match. Goes about 15 minutes. It was good because AJ Styles and Nakamura, Nakamura. AJ Styles and Ziggler are good. But then Owens and Zayn get involved and they beat each other up. Uh, they beat everybody up. Same man comes out and says, Ha ha, you thought I was going to put on a tag team match because I'm Teddy Long. But no, I'm not. We're going to do a Fatal Five way instead. That was a good match. So it was AJ Styles versus Owens versus Zayn versus Corbin versus Ziggler. But we did kind of give away the pay-per-view five days early, which was odd. I don't know why we did that. Uh, I know Cena wasn't in it, but and I know we told stories here that we potentially couldn't have told on Sunday. Well, we, actually, we probably couldn't have told, but I still thought it was a bit odd to give this away. But there were two cool stories in it, and that is that you know AJ Styles broke up loads of pinfall attempts, but ultimately still lost because Sami Zayn won. And that tied in because after earlier in the evening, Sami Zayn had once again reiterated to Kevin Owens that he'd laid down for um, for him at the, at the pay-per-view. Actually, here, he took advantage. He booted Owens in the face. One, two, three, and Sami Zayn won. Now, Sami Zayn is never going to win at fast lane, so I get that. And also, you can't really tell the story of, well, AJ Styles broke up all these pinfalls but still lost if he's going to win. So it did make sense. I don't know. Maybe we just could have... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we could have done a triple threat or something a little different so you've still got a reason to tune in Sunday. I mean, people will because Cena is the sixth guy and Cena, as we've seen, is a ratings draw. He just is. So maybe I'm being a bit finickety here. And it was a good match. Good end to SmackDown. Sami Zayn cut a promo. I liked it. And yeah, it does build to the six-pack challenge on Sunday, which I'm going to say AJ Styles wins almost, I say 99.9%. Because, again, this... I mean, Fastlane kind of gets in the way almost. It's not really... Well, at least there's nothing else that needs to be set up. It's not like Elimination Chamber. We had to set up our Raw main event. This one is all but done. So I'm going to say AJ Styles wins. I'll be surprised if anybody thinks... Maybe John Cena wins and you do the triple threat, but I really can't see that happening. I think it's John Cena versus The Undertaker. 
uh, if it's not, I'd be surprised, especially after the ovation that got on on Raw a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I mean that that's Fast Lane and SmackDown. I think it'd be decent. I think it'd be a decent show. Like a lot of it does feel thrown together, which sucks, but it will be intriguing. Uh, Raw was mm, I, I, it was good. I thought it started really well. A lot of people thought that the Ronda Angle Triple H Stephanie McMahon uh, segment went too long. I don't think so. I actually think they balanced it quite well. I enjoyed it. I think Ronda Rousey's coming along fine. I like the fact that we saw Ronda beat up Steph a little bit because it means the heels can get their their repercussions next week. And, you know, basically Angle and Ronda stood tall. And, you know, throughout the throughout the back and forth, we got our Mania, Mac book, our Mania match booked, which is just going to be Triple H and Steph versus Angle and Ronda. The only thing I didn't get is that apparently it's been, well, storyline-wise, it's in Ronda's contract that she could pick any performer as long as they weren't uh, the champion and that they had an active performer contract. So she said, I'll take on you, Steph. And then, um, you know, basically that all came together. Oh, no, I don't. Yes, you do. Blah, blah, blah. My point was this. Then Kurt Angle made the match. Now, in the past, I'm pretty sure that we've seen Stephanie McMahon go, well, that's good, Kurt, but I'm the commissioner, so I'm going to overrule you. But apparently here, Kurt Angle had all the authority in the world. Now, I'm picking at straws here. I am being very pedantic, but I was a bit like, what (laughs) What are you talking about? But I like that match. I don't think it will close WrestleMania, although I wouldn't be too adverse if it does, as long as it keeps building. And I think Ronda Rousey is all right. A lot of people think she's awful on the microphone. One person messaged me saying she's disappointing with an E. That was interesting. But I don't, I don't think she's doing that bad. All th- she's been here like three weeks. I think she's doing okay. I think her facials are good. Uh, I'm sure, you know, she's going to have to put in more time to get good in the ring. But that's because that would be the same with anybody. I can tell you that firsthand. You know, she looks tough. We know she is tough. She's legit. She's got that Brock Lesnar thing about her. i got no problem. I don't know what people are upset about. Unless the fact that it's Ronda Rousey and she kind of got a bit of a bad rap when she, um, when she went on a losing... Uh, when she lost... And she kind of sulked a little bit. And yeah, okay, that wasn't that wasn't the best. But I'm not, you know, come on. I'm not going to let that bleed into my uh, to my um, opinion of her in the wrestling ring. Because I just don't... If we're going to go on what people do in their personal lives when it comes to their wrestling lives, I mean, we'll be here all day. We'll never, we'll never get anything done. So yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I think it'll be an interesting match at WrestleMania. You know, going to the other big thing on Raw, which is uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was not on the show again, I would guess by design. So Paul Heyman comes out at the end of the show, and I thought he cut a really good promo. Now, it did die a little bit of a death because the fans were just exhausted, so they didn't react. However, it was a very good promo. You know, he put the Universal title over big. He, he, made, some, well, he made one good point and one stupid point. His one good point was that, you know, Roman Reigns may have beaten The Undertaker last year, but The Undertaker schedules even less than Brock's. But then he also made out that if you're the Universal Champion, you've got to miss funerals and all this stuff because you've got to be on Raw. But Brock Lesnar's never on Raw. <laughs> I don't know whether that was said on purpose, maybe, to try and wind people up. But it's quite clear the, um, the direction that WWE are going in is to try and make you hate Brock Lesnar because he doesn't care about the business and he only cares about money. Now, as a fan, I'd, it doesn't make me hate Brock Lesnar. I'm like, oh, good for him. I'm glad he's got a really good contract. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure lots of people would like that. But I do see what they're trying to do. Reigns comes out eventually. They have a big back and forth. The word bitch is used about 72 million times. I thought last week was better than, than this week. I think they need something else to make this match mean something, or at least mean what WWE wants it to mean. Because at the moment, I do think that people care less than WWE would like. But like this, if they want this to main event at the moment, I think it'd be a bad idea. I don't think you're going to get the reaction that you want. That's my point. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's terrible at this point. 
if this was scripted this week and last week wasn't, I would say let's not script Roman Reigns because he's much better when he's shooting from the hip. But yeah, I mean, look, Paul Heyman's there. He's always going to cut a book promo. Brock Lesnar's going to be on the show next week. I imagine they'll get into a big fight and that'll be good because both can brawl very well. I think this will be okay. And I think given with the Ronda Rousey stuff and the Nakamura and AJ stuff, I don't really think it matters, even if this does headline, because you're going to have a lot of other fun and good stuff. Um, and I think that's the, that's the main thing. What Braun Strowman is doing, though, I don't know. It certainly seemed like we blew his feud with Elias off this week in a symphony of destruction match, which I had no idea what it was. As it turns out, it's a street fight with, wep- with weapons that are instruments, because they both played instruments. And look, I'll tell you this. I don't necessarily like how WWE are booking Elias at the moment, because he just loses all the time. And I truly believe that if he keeps losing, eventually we're all going to see him as a loser. That just is what happens. But with that said, if we take it in the context of this evening, this match was very fun. Like, I, I absolutely I laughed my head off throughout it, especially because it ended with Braun Strowman uh, smashing someone's smashing Elias with a piano um I mean (laughs) it's just so silly it's so cartoony but I did enjoy it so you know I I can't I can't say I can't say much and I really liked it as well because Elias did all his musical stuff and then he went backstage and he said he was going to go backstage because he wanted a he wanted an entrance but instead he tried to leg it by getting in a car and of course Braun grabs the car and he stops it from speeding off just great stuff great funny stuff you know Again, cartoon world, as I always call it, but I really do enjoy it when Strowman's just good at it. And so Elias, is, is, he is good, which is why I, you know, I hope he doesn't keep getting jobbed out to people. What Braun does at the pay-per-view now, I don't know. I guess, because apparently at one point he was being put in this sort of uh, holding feud in case anything happened to Reigns or Lesnar or something like that. But if that doesn't happen, do we just get Braun and Elias at Mania? Seems a bit of a shame to me. I think given the year Braun's had, he should probably have a high-profile match, but we'll see. One of my favorite things on Raw, surprisingly, was everything they did with Nia Jax and Asuka. I thought, I thought, and Alexa Bliss, I thought it was all great. I mean, maybe not 100% great on, on Asuka's end because Nia Jax did, you know, kick the crap out of her for ages. However, Asuka still won. And the way she locked in the armbar and wouldn't let go, even though Jax was like wiggling around, like she's basically Shadow of the Colossus is what that was. And eventually, you know, even though she valiantly tried to, to, tried to, to, hold, um, to hold off, Eventually, she had to tap because the pain was too much. But it's quite clear they're now trying to turn Nia Jack's face. And this was a great way to do it because she came across like a real fighter. So I like that. And then later on in the night, when Alexa Bliss basically was a massive dick to her and Nia Jax cried, I said there's an ups and downs on what culture? I Usually, you'd say that's bad booking for a monster character because they shouldn't show emotion. However, I felt sympathy for Nia Jax. And as soon as I felt sympathy for Nia Jax, I'm like, well, they've done it. WWE has absolutely smashed it because um, that's the whole point of being a babyface. So, you know, they made me feel something for her. And I do quite like her as a character. So I thought they did this really well. And again, because I assume that Oscar's going to go to SmackDown to face Charlotte, we then get Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Raw title. Ale- uh, Nia Jax wins at Mania. Awesome. I think that's a really nice story. And I... Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised by all of this. I didn't see it coming, and I'm a fan. I'm, I really do think this is good. I like Nia Jax. I don't know what it is. But again, maybe she's just got something. Sometimes people just do. And maybe WWE have tapped down into that in a, re- in a really good way. Back on the bad stuff, we had the Bar versus the Revival, with the Revival being told if they won here, they would go on to Mania for a title shot. But of course they didn't win. They lost. 
and now the bar still have no opponents. And the story is literally that. The bar have beaten everybody, and now they've got no opponents for Mania. And that would be fine, but the only reason that's the story is because WWE jobbed out all the other tag teams. And that's why it makes me mad. Like we just dropped the Revival out here. Gallows and Anderson have vanished again. We do have good tag teams. I mean, I think what's going to happen now is Jeff Hardy's been cleared. So I imagine we're going to get the Hardy Boys versus the Bar, which is fine. I like the Hardys. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know that for sure, obviously. I don't work for WWE. But uh, I just don't get what we've done here. Once WrestleMania's out of the way, we we're going to have left so many tag teams in our wake that surely it's going to be a mistake when we look back on it. But... We'll wait and see. Talking to the Hardys as well, we had, you know, Br Bray White beat Rhino in like 58 seconds. That was ludicrous. But then Woken Matt Hardy came on the screen and basically said we're going to get the final deletion, or at least the WWE version soon, which I guess will be the ending of the Wyatt-Hardy feud. Now, the exciting thing about that is, I don't know if it is going to be at WrestleMania or they'll do the tag team thing instead, but if they let Matt Hardy run wild here and let him be super creative, I think this will be awesome. Genuinely. I can't... I think it will be funny and I think it will be different and I think it will be irreverent. And that's exactly what I wanted from the character, which we haven't got yet. So I'm very excited about this. I mean, yeah, it could be an absolute travesty, but I think it would be a great way to G Matt Hardy back up. And if, you know, Brother Nero can appear during that and then that leads into their uh, uh, WrestleMania match, fine. I mean, I don't know what happens to Bray Wyatt after that. Bray wins the Under the Giant Battle Royal, but who really cares, right? <laughs> At this point about Bray Wyatt. Seriously. This feud's gone on way too long. However, if it does culminate in in, yeah, like a Final Deletion type thing. I know not everyone like Final Deletion, but I like variety in my wrestling, and it certainly provides me that. So, genuinely, good move. I look forward to this. Other weird stuff on the show. John Cena came out, and he did cut a good promo talking about how he win at Fastlane and then, you know, implore AJ Styles to... to um trigger the clause in his contract for a rematch so he can do a triple threat match because there's believability to that. I can absolutely see in, a, in an alternate universe WWE going in that direction, although I don't think that they will. But then he got interrupted by Goldust and just beat him in a match. I mean, that was flipping weird. And I like Goldust. I really do. I think he could be used better than he is. But I didn't know what the hell was going on here. I mean, it really blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, I don't get this. It's so strange. But hey, what do I know? Um, it was fine, got John Cena on the show, built up Fastlane on Raw, which I'm sure will help because he wasn't going to be on SmackDown. He'll lose. Like, I think AJ Styles will win that. But yeah, bizarre 15 minutes, whatever it was, of, of pro wrestling. The Bailey Sasha Bank stuff was good. I mean, the short version is that they've split up. And one of them's going to be heel, one of them's going to be face, and they'll face off at WrestleMania. It certainly seems at the moment that they want Bailey to be the heel and Sasha to be the face. And I know everyone says that's good because we've done that before. I just think Sasha Banks is about heel. So I would just finally pull the trigger on that, to be honest. But I don't think it matters. I mean, the guys around all of this was that Bailey was taking on Mandy Rose. She beat her. That's good because it means Bailey has momentum, actually won a match. Riot's, Riot squad. Uh, Absolution start kicking her ass. Banks comes out and Bailey's all like, nah, mate, we're done. And eventually we'll get, you know, we'll get, a, we'll get an explanation for that, which I guess will be you're just not good people, man. Leave <laughs> me. I don't want to be your friend. Um, but this, look, be a good. I think it's a really good. If at WrestleMania we get Sasha Banks versus Bailey, Oscar versus Charlotte, and Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax, that is three good women's matches, as far as I'm concerned. Plus, you've got to work in Natalia, uh, Ruby Riot, the Absolution people, uh, Carmella, you know, Napkin, <laughs> Lunch, all those people. So um, we'll see. The final thing that happened on Raw, and this is all out of order, obviously, was, you know, it did get confirmed that, yes, as we were mentioned, I see triple threat. WrestleMania, I mean, this was fine. Miz come out, cut a promo. Insulted Finn and Balor, so they come out. Finn and Balor? Finn and Rollins. So they come out. They have a they have a handicap match against the Miztourage. They win. They tease dissension. I mean, it's okay. And I think the match at WrestleMania will be good, but it feels a bit long in the tooth. Or at least... Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It feels, I don't know, just there at the moment. But we've still got a long way to WrestleMania, so hopefully we, we can build that up. And again, I think The Miz versus Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins for the IC title is a good match. I think Seth Rollins will win. And while you could argue be better who's in the world title scene, I think, actually, maybe Finn Balor wins. Either way, if one of them wins and they treat it right, hopefully, I mean, we always say this, so it's never going to happen. But hopefully we can actually start building up the IC title again. Wouldn't it be nice if either Finn Balor or Seth Rollins was the IC champ, nothing against The Miz, but just the way they're booked, and Randy Orton was the US champ on SmackDown. I think done right, that would be very helpful for the WWE as a whole, but we'll see. Especially because apparently we've got more titles coming soon. Apparently we're going to introduce Cruiserweight titles on the 205 Live tag team titles. I don't know about that. I think we've got too many titles as it is, or at least not a way to, to make these titles mean anything, but we will see. But I mean, I mean decent. A, a, a decent enough go-home show for Fastlane. Raw did its job. You know, I mean, how many matches did we book on Raw? We booked the Ronda thing. We booked um, the Triple Threat. Uh, what else did we... We booked something else, didn't we? Or maybe we didn't. But still, you know, we, we, did, we started going in a lot of directions, like Bailey Sasha and Oscar and Ijax, all that stuff. Oh, bliss, sorry. So it was good. We did a lot. And we achieved a lot. And uh, I think WrestleMania 34 will be all right. Probably too long, because they're always too long. But, you know, still. We, and they've got Hall of Fame and NXT. All of that noise. And who, maybe some surprises, too. Who knows? Right, as promised, I am going to answer all these questions. Uh, and they've been building up for weeks now, so there are quite a few. But I would try and get through them all. Obviously, some of these may be old now, which I apologize for. But still, we'll ask them anyway, and we can look at them in uh, in hindsight. But Nezar asks, what do you see Balor doing at WrestleMania? Will Samoa retur Joe return in time? Well, obviously, we know what Balor's doing. But the Samoa Joe question is awesome because, as I meant to say earlier and actually forgot, hopefully that can be Braun Strowman's program. He's basically a face now anyway. I mean, Elias is the heel in this feud. Samoa Joe versus Braun Strowman. I mean, Samoa Joe would lose that. But still, I imagine they have a really good match. And if you can put some bells and whistles in there too, I mean, it all depends when Samoa Joe is ready to come back. He teased on his Instagram recently that it's going to be soon. I hope, uh, I hope it's the case. I hope it's the case. I would like, um, I'd like to see that match. And I'd like to see Samoa Joe at WrestleMania. Was he there last year? He must have been. Or am I getting my timelines all screwed up? Oh, man, we've got to look it up. I don't think he was there, was he? Or was he in some kind of multi-way match? Too much happens in wrestling to keep up these days. He probably was. Uh, but Oh, gosh. Oh, no, he got injured, didn't he? He got injured just before. No, he wasn't on last. Well, there you go. So he, I definitely want him to be on now, though. Double the reason to make that, to make that happen. Joe Hughes, who do you think WWE should sign next following Ricochet's recent debut on NXT? Well, there's loads of people I'd like to see them sign. Whether or not those people actually want to join, I don't know. I mean, Will Ospreay would be great. Mike Skull would be great. The Young Bucks would be great. Getting Cody Rhodes back would be great. Uh, Kenny Omega, Akada, can you imagine that? And I think WWE would want them all. I think it mostly just depends on the, on the wrestler themselves. And I was listening to Will Ospreay on Chris Jericho's podcast the other day. He doesn't seem to have any interest in going to WWE and more power to him. He doesn't have to. And he's, having, he's happy and he, he gets to live the life the way he wants. Well, he's winning. So, you know, it's hard, to, um, it's hard to, to say that's a bad move. Maybe people that are more realistic that would benefit from a move to WWE. Uh, I've asked that question myself and I don't even think I have an answer for it. Is that British? I mean, something like Tyler Bate would be good. He's already there. I mean, Pete Dunne, if he could get put on NXT permanently. So there's a lot of good people out there. We'll see. They'll definitely hire someone, though. 
Waza, should WWE just admit defeat and turn Cena and Roman into the most hated heel tag team ever? They could do an almost shoot turn on the crowd for the way they've been treated and have a believable FU attitude. Well, I would like that to happen, but WWE doesn't see it that way. WWE sees it as because they get huge reactions and sell merchandise, they should just keep going the way they're going. And to be honest, if it's helping business, which is always the bottom line, then yeah, they probably made the right call. I'd love to see a heel John Cena. To me, Roman Reigns kind of is a heel anyway. Um, but that would be amazing. I'd love to see it, but I don't think they will do it. I don't think they see it as defeat. They're making loads of money. If they're making loads of money as a business, then does anything else matter? Devil's advocate question for you there. Josh Gell, how do you think Alistair Blacks will fare on the main roster, and do you think he'll be called up soon? I don't think he'll be called up soon, and I think he has all the potential in the world to do great, but again, it all depends on how they book him. It's always the way. Anyone in NXT could do well. Look at Elias, right? Everybody hated Elias on NXT, but he's been booked well. And now he feels like a big deal. So it all really does depend on how the company, uh, how the company sees him. And I don't know the answer to that or how they see him on the main roster. I'd like to think he'd be treated like a big mega star and pushed all the way. Potential champion material as far as I'm concerned. But he has to have the right opponents. He has to have the right protection. And he's got to get the right wins. It's as simple as that. So we'll have to see. I wouldn't call him up soon, though. I think you can keep him on NXT till Survivor Series. I don't think there's any rush to get him on the main roster. But we do have a brand split coming up, so you never know. But I certainly wouldn't rush it. We will see. Daniel J. Miller. Is Spud the right choice for 205 Live GM? Yeah, I think so. It's a bit strange. They've got a, a comedy character to do what is now a straight role. But he is very good. What's his name? Drake Maverick. Although, if you saw, if you saw last night, they left a cut in. He screwed up his lines and said, let's do it again. They left it in. That goes to show how much they care about 205 Live. But, um, yeah, I think he does great. I think eventually he'll probably have a match. I like him. I like Rockstar Spud. He's a nice guy as well. Uh, Amandeep, do you think that WWE should turn Rousey heel? In my opinion, it needs to be done. Her attitude doesn't give a positive impression. A monster heel with Heyman by her side would be best for business. Um, no, I don't think they should turn her heel because... If she can be a face, that is more profitable for the company. And so far, she's mostly being cheered. So that just works better for the story they're trying to tell as well, especially because Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are our first opponents. You could turn a heel down the line to get some extra mileage out of her. They probably will do that. But yeah, I think at the moment, if you can make her a face, that's the best thing to do. I don't think you'll ever see Heyman by her side in the short term, because as far as I know, Stephanie McMahon is not a big fan of Paul Heyman, and she wouldn't want him involved in that story. It would work, though. However, I don't think she's been as bad on the mic as people make out. I think given more time, she'll bet in a bit better. She'll get more confidence. I think she'll, I think she'll do well. Garth Jackson, should Jim Johnson be inducted to the Hall of Fame? Yes, I made a video about it. Go there now. Search for youtube.com, force us the mirror report. Search my videos for that very video. Why Jim Johnson should be inducted to the Hall of Fame? I made it the day he got released. He absolutely should. I think he's probably more important for wrestling memories than anybody else in the company because music is the most important thing in the world. And he has been responsible for so much of that. What are your favorite themes, past and present, Garth always asked? I mean, that's what a list that would be. More niche ones would be The Undertaker's remix theme from WWE The Music Volume 3. Love that rock version of that theme. Austin's is always good. I like Goldust's theme for some reason. Just it's got a good bit in the middle. Um, I mean, oh, geez. I, 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 let me think about this. Too many to... Too many. I always hated the rock's theme. Other... Then the first, when he was a heel, that bow, bow, that one was good. The Rock says. <laughs> Otherwise, I hate all of his themes. Don't know why, because I kind of hate The Rock. Different story for today. Triple H is obviously awesome. Um, so many. So many. Most, most of them, to be honest. Most of them. He's, he's a talented man. Connor Bennett. Predictions for the Cruiserweight tournament surprises. Well, I missed, I missed the boat on that one. 
<laughs> I definitely missed the boat on that one. But uh, so far, I do think that tournament so far has been really good. And certainly, if you've stopped watching 205 Live, you now have definitely have a bigger reason to, to tune in. It feels like a wrestling show. And the reason that works is because sometimes Raw and SmackDown don't. I always thought 205 Live, like NXT, should be booked like an indie show, which I thought was the point to get that kind of fan base in. And now it feels like that again. So, uh, yeah. I, um, I like it. I think it's really well done. Nick Palmer, what do you think will be the women's title picture at Mania? Well, we can't touch on it, really. I think by now, it has to be Charlotte versus Oscar and Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. I just think it's the right way to go. Um, it shakes things up a bit. It's a nice storyline for Oscar. It frees up Jax and Bliss. It allows Nia Jax to win. It allows Oscar to win. I just think it's the best thing to do. I think it makes sense for the stories. I think the fans would enjoy it. I know I'd enjoy it. I like all of that. And I don't mind building to Oscar versus Ronda Rousey, undefeated people at WrestleMania 35. Especially if they want to headline it. I'm all for that. If the story's good and it makes sense. So that's what I would do. We will see. Keezy Fontaine, what do you think is currently the best booked title? I guess the WWE title, right? Or the SmackDown tag team titles. The Raw tag team titles are ridiculous because the bar don't even have opponents. Universal title obviously has problems because Brock Lesnar coming and going and the Roman Reigns, obsession with Roman Reigns. Uh, the Raw women's title is all right, but sometimes gets lost in the shuffle, although I think that will start picking back up. SmackDown's women's title is dreadful. They forget about it all the time. I think the Miz tries with the IC belt, but again, is held back because he's put in situations where it can't be front and center, much like putting him in the elimination chamber. US title feels redundant to me completely. So yeah, WWE title on AJ Styles and the SmackDown tag titles, I think, are the best. And maybe the 205 Live title can get back there once somebody wins it again. But right now, they're, they're, they're my choices. Alex White, do you think the Miz should become a proper tag team? Absolutely, Alex. 100% I'm with you there. I can't believe this not. I find it crazy. Considering we need tag teams, and I don't think Curtis Axel and Bo Dust are bad. In fact, I think they're very good. And instead, they're just basically lackeys, and they could be wrestling. Absolutely, 100%. Nothing else to say about that. They 100% should be. Daniel McIver, do you think Miz will slash should main event another mania? I don't think he'll main event another mania. I think he had his time in the sun. I certainly think he may get another world title run when the time calls for it. Uh, do I think he should main event WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, he worked hard. He's got a, you know, he's got a catalogue of good matches, and he's, he's loyal, and I think he's much better than people give him credit for. Again, it all depends on the story and if it makes sense. But I wouldn't be against him main eventing WrestleMania. I wasn't against him, was it 2007? WrestleMania blah, 27, maybe, I think. I mean, he played third fiddle behind John Cena and The Rock, but he still made it there. And as we know, that annoyed CM Punk. Chris Davey, what is your favorite tag team of all time? That is a question. Well, the ones that come to mind straight away are the Legion of Doom, Demolition, the Heart Foundation. Uh, who else did I love when I was a kid? I mean, I love the Legion of Doom because of the Doomsday device. I thought it was an amazing, I mean, terror. I'd never take that move. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. However, it uh, looks cool. Who else did I like when I was, I mean, I like the Outsiders, but obviously we all know the ups and downs with those, lol. Otherwise, um, you know, when Macho Man and Hulk Hogan teamed up, that was cool because it all tied into the story, but it wasn't really like a, a tag team tag team. Not head cheese. Don't know why that came into my head. Al Snow and uh, Steve Blackman. I wouldn't put them up there as much as I love Al Snow. Wonderful human being. So, yeah, at the top of my head, I, I think, I'm sure I've missed them, and as soon as I stop this podcast, I'll smash myself in the face. But, yeah, I think they're the ones that come to the top of my head. Uh, Josh Tilbury, of the top performers in the world right now, uh, so the two of the top performers of the world right now are AJ Styles and Kenny Omega. Uh, who, post-PG era, would you like to have seen them go one-on-one -on -one against? Man, I mean, what a question. Well, 
I think AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels. And he means, he means PG era in the 90s. So yeah, I think AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. I think either one of those matches would have been technically wonderful. And I think Kenny Omega versus someone like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because as I think, as he showed against Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, while also amazing in the ring, has a great idea for how to apply himself outside the ring as well. And I think with someone like Stone Cold Steve Austin, they could have come up with something. Or maybe someone like CM Punk, one of those two, because I think Punk and Austin are very similar. So that would be my top choices, top of my head. AJ versus Sean or AJ versus Brett and Kenny versus uh, Austin or CM Punk. Interesting. Macaulay Roberts, who do you think should break Oscar's streak? Well, there's a difference there. I think Rousey will beat it, and I'm okay with that. Who do I think should break it? That's a different question. I mean, it depends who they're going to tie the rocket to, which is why I think Rousey will do it. Otherwise, I would take someone when they're ready, and they're not ready yet, but take someone like Mandy Rose or, you know, Sarah Logan or whatever, and give it to them because they're, they're, you know, it's like the Brock Lesnar effect, right? But I don't think they will do that. Wouldn't it be hilarious if Ronda Rousey beat Oscar Street, the, the UFC people beating the streaks? I think Ronda Rousey is probably the best bet, to be honest. You don't want to break a streak on a, on, a, on a chance, I don't think, anyway. I think sometimes it's better to go with money in the bank, which is why I don't mind that Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker streak. It just made sense. Uh, Naden, what do you think... Uh, what do you think will be better, the US title for Rusev or tag team champion for Rusev Day? Anything at the moment, Naden. I'll take anything. Rusev doesn't even get TV time. Uh, I would like to see him with a US title run. Uh, or as a tag team. Either, either. Uh, just, just give him something. Please, put him on television. Let me enjoy Rusev. Why do they make it so hard? Absolutely baffling to me. Richard Ingman. Do you feel NXT needs a new secondary title? Or should they use the UK championship in this way? I mean, they probably won't use the UK Championship that way because they think it's too niche. I mean, that has become an absolute you know, mess of a situation where they were going to launch TV and then World of Sport didn't happen, so they didn't need to, so they cancelled it. I don't necessarily think it needs another title. I think having you know, tag team men's and women's championships is fine. Sometimes I think you can go overboard with titles, so I'm going to say no for now. However, if they come up with a good one and make it work, then I'm never against it. I just sometimes think that they can't book the ones they have, so introducing more is not the solution. Uh, Mike Path, who do you think would be a good opponent for Bobby Roode that would bring more credit to him and the US title and keep it off the WrestleMania pre-show? Well, I think they've done it. Because I do think it's going to be Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal. And they, they still see Jinder Mahal as a big deal. Randy Orton's a proper main eventer. So they've kind of done it themselves. That will not be on the pre-show. If it is, I'll be surprised. I don't think it will be. I mean, WWE has done far more surprising stuff. But yeah, I don't think... Um, I think they've done that all right. As much as I don't care, at least they've got some big names in there to, to keep it away from that. Mike Rory Day. Do you think we see Braun get a universal title run this year? And if so, when? I think you can go either way with Braun because I don't think he needs the title, right? He's so over. You don't, he's like the Undertaker. You don't need to give him the title. However, if you are going to give it to him this year... SummerSlam, maybe? Maybe or whenever you decide to take it off reins, I think Braun Strowman should be the guy. So maybe six months in, maybe eight months, something like that. Towards the end of the year, though, if there is going to be a change, my worry is that Roman's going to hold it for a year. Uh, or maybe even try and beat Punk's record, but we'll, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if not this year, definitely next, but I don't think he needs it. I think he's, he's, he's achieved that wonderful status where you don't need a title to be over, which is really important. Liam Christopher, is Rousey going to be pushed as a killer heel like Lesnar tends to be? Well, we know the answer is no to that. Uh, that's my fault for not answering that earlier. Uh, Leaf Allens, whose main roster court from NXT are you most worried about? Uh, um, Adam Cole. Because I think Adam Cole has all the tools to be a proper main eventer, but I'm worried Vince McMahon will see him, and that will be the end of that. <laughs> I like Adam Cole a lot. 
So let's hope that doesn't happen. But that is, if you ask me, worries, that would be who I'm worried about. Stephen Bayless, in your opinion, what causes certain moves to be more or less popular over time? Well, if you're talking about finishes, people kicking out of them all the time. I remember a time when a finisher just ruined everybody. I think it's just that. I just think if they use as transition moves or they get kicked out of all the time or they're not put over in the way they're meant to be put over, then eventually you do decondition the audience. You desensitize them. And that's the same with someone like Elias losing all the time. It does become a subconscious thing. You see someone lose all the time and you think, okay, you're just going to lose all the time. So I really do think that, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's like I think Paul Heyman said it. You could get the, 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 the bear hug over. If Mark Henry comes out every week and destroys people with a bear hug, eventually people go, oh, man, you don't want to get in that bear hug. Simple as that. Wrestling's quite simple, but people forget this. Tris Conway, do wrestling fans need to learn to be more patient? Given that the most top stars could potentially have another three, five, or even ten years in WWE and they're very limited spots at the top of the card, should we wait out for our favorites to get their turn rather than saying they are being buried when they aren't featured so strongly? Yes and no, because I think sometimes you get lightning in a bottle and if you don't capitalize on that, you may have actually cost someone for good. I think WWE are very careless with with Nakamura when he, after he made his debut. Thankfully, he won the Rumble and, and they've, they've G'd him back up again. But you don't know what somebody's future is. They get injured tomorrow and that could be that. So I think if all the signs are pointing to, hey, let's get this done, then you should get it done. And um, I think we could all learn to be a bit more patient, absolutely, because we don't know what the plans are. But I think occasionally it's so obvious what should be done, Rusev, and it doesn't get done. So you start to question, even if, Rusev could probably be around for another 10 years. But if you don't eventually tell the fans that he's a big deal, they won't be seen as a big deal. Simple as that. Who do you think will be their next high-profile star to fall out with the WWE and leave for a while? Well, that could be anybody. Orton, I guess. He's got quite a cushy schedule, so no. Who could fall out? Dean Ambrose. Don't know why, just saying it. Should Bray Wyatt go and have a run on the independence like Drew McIntyre to revitalize his career? I don't, I don't have the answer for Bray Wyatt. I don't necessarily think that would help him because of his gimmick. You couldn't really get the, um, uh, the same effect, I don't think, on the indies. But I don't know. You tell me with Bray Wyatt. I got, I got no idea. Josh Tucker, thoughts on the top 10 list? This is the SmackDown one. I'm not even going to read the rest of the question, Josh. I can tell you this. You, that was three weeks ago. It's garbage. It's got even worse because it's been tied into a stupid storyline with Randy Orton apparently getting mad about it. We touched upon it earlier. I know I don't like it. Dan Richards, do you think PGWE should stop doing blood-free extreme matches? Follow-up, do you think WWE should stop using steel chairs since they don't allow headshots? No, I look, I, I, I'm, I, I get it. I'm in the minority here. But to me, I'd rather have a shit match and healthy wrestlers than the other way around. So I don't mind an extreme rules match if there's no blood. I don't mind just pretending that all wrestlers meant to hit people in the back with chairs. I'd rather they're all healthy and be able to walk around when they're 60. Because wrestling hurts without all that stuff. So anything they can do to protect the wrestlers, I'm all for that. And I know I'm in the minority, but hey, that's just my opinion. Uh, Stephen Bayless is back. Just listen to the latest podcast. Thank you. And the point about Rusev being given a feud away from the title reminded me of the most recent Mixed Match Challenge. Obviously, it's a while ago. Do you think this might be setting up for a Rusev Dan Lana feud against the Usos and Naomi? No, unfortunately, Stephen, but I would have enjoyed that. Unfortunately not, but I like your thinking. Mark Rory Day. Do you think gimmick pay-per-views like Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell, Extreme Rules take away from the product? Rather than build feuds organically and have a feud end in one of these match types, it makes them more throwaway and unimportant. Do you think WWE needs to go back to having standard pay-per-views with some gimmick matches thrown in to further end feuds and make the matches mean something again? Yes. That's all I've got. If you know you've got a show called Hell in a Cell, there's going to be Hell in a Cell on it, and then two people putting Hell in a Cell, that's stupid. Next. Stuart Erridge, why is Bob Backlund so underrated? 
I don't think he's underrated in certain circles. Definitely underrated in modern by modern day fans. But I think people back in the day realised he was pretty much good. And he was good because he was mental. Uh, my man Adam Pearson. Why are Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler competing to be added to the Fastlane main event when neither of them were in the top 10? <laughs> Perfect. Even better that we read that out three weeks later. Exactly, Adam. Exactly. Oh, dear. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and finally, Hunter James. Since you're training to become a professional wrestler, have you chosen a finisher yet? No, actually, do you know what? I may have done. I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet. What I will tell you, because it's not, it's not set in stone yet. What I will tell you is that I was having a match uh, about a week ago now. And we, me and this guy I was doing it with, a guy called James, good dude, decided that I was going to put him in a certain move that a certain wrestler does that I may like a lot and said his name a lot on this podcast. But when I went to do it, I applied it differently to how he does and the trainer at the time said, oh, that was different. I've never seen it applied like that before. You should keep that in mind. So I've been mucking around with it. And I think I may have a variation of a very standard move with a bit of a twist that will make it unique to me. And it is a submission move, something I never thought would be uh, my finisher. I thought it would be like a big power move. But I like it. So I'm thinking about it. And that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. We're also getting to the point where I need to start thinking about ring gear as well. If you want to know about that, yes, I am going to massively go all in on the Y stuff. That is going to be all over my gear, in case you're interested. And if you don't know what that means, I would strongly suggest you go watch my What Culture videos, and that will explain it all. Okay, here's the deal. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do it right now as I'm talking to you. As I'm talking to you, I'm writing on Facebook right now. Hi, Facebook group. Please add your questions below for this Friday's... Oh, no. This Facebook's been weird. Friday's? This Friday's Q&A. This is all explained on the episode. I am literally recording. This is a fun podcast, isn't it? Right now. Boom. Post. That is in the Facebook group right now, Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast. I've just pinned it uh, to the top. Where's that pin post? Yes, do that. Any questions you've got, ask them there. We will be back on Friday, uh, I promise. Uh, and uh, until then, yes, like I say, please do go check out Rock Reacts, the new cha- YouTube channel by me and my man John Denton. Again, if you can't find it, go to my Twitter at Simon316. Or again, let me see what works now, actually. We're doing it all. Why not keep going? Right, if you type in Rock Reacts Master of Puppets, you'll find us, I'm sure. Yeah, with the top, uh, with the top one. Please have a check out of that. Give us a watch. Give us a like. Give us a sub. All that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just something that me and John are doing for many reasons. Uh, a lot of it therapeutic, and it's working. Uh, otherwise, yes, all patrons, thank you so much. Patreon.com for the Simon316. You make me feel alive inside. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Simon316. Facebook group, ask your questions. Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast. Other than that, I think that's everything. Like YouTube.com for us, the Middle Report rules. And yeah, I will be back on Friday to answer your questions, as we've just done there. And again, if you think Ruby Wright is going to win the title, and you'd like me to do some kind of forfeit if she does, at Simon316. More important than that, though, keep a big smile on your face. Keep enjoying yourself. Keep enjoying wrestling. Remember, it's not the be-all and end-all, and it is there to entertain your face. I will speak to you again on Friday. Then we'll be back on Wednesday to run down everything that's happened in WWE, including the Fastlane show. And, yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for just allowing me to talk to you for close to an hour on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it may be. I'm a very blessed. I'm a very lucky man, and you're lovely people for doing that. I will talk to you very soon.